Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Messi and Co. I am here with Ashley Silvers, the other host on our show, and we are just glad to be here with you. Uh, we typically like to get these out a little bit more ahead of time for you, but we had some scheduling issues. But nonetheless, we wanted to make sure that we were here for you, bringing you a pre-game um, pod ahead of tonight's game against New York City. Uh, but first and foremost, how are you doing, Ashley? I am good. It's been a obviously a crazy 48 hours for Inter Miami fans and just with the final with you know new season tickets with the playoff implications there's a lot of stuff happening and uh I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, it it has been a crazy 48 hours. I think that uh this has been a good time for us to kind of decompress uh settle in and and regain composure after what was a really difficult game for us um unfortunately uh in the u.s open cup final and just seeing our team kind of struggle was tough on all of us as fans and now we move on to what's next the the continuing what is the playoff push and obviously we're still mathematically alive and we'll talk about what this looks like for us uh, as far as tactics, lineups. We'll talk about um, what the playoff picture looks like for us, how important the game is. But you touched on a, sub a subject um, um, a second ago about season tickets. We got news of season ticket holders getting their new renewal prices. And there's been a lot of, uh, as you've probably noticed and our, our listeners have noticed, a bit of an uproar through the different social media channels. So I kind of want to talk about that and see from a season ticket holder's perspective, uh, what does this look like? What is it? What are you feeling? What do you, what are your opinions on what has kind of happened in the last 24 hours with these new season ticket prices? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I feel a lot of different ways about it. I, uh, parts of me, can not understand but expected perhaps what was going to happen i mean we know Lionel messi's salary is 50 million dollars a year approximately you also are bringing in you know sergio busquets jordi alba who knows who else is coming in compared to the rest of mls these salaries are 
you know, exorbitant compared to what other teams are. And, and you got to pay for it somehow. And so it didn't surprise me that ticket prices went up. I think it surprised me maybe the amount. I mean, you've seen a range from anywhere from double the price to 170% increase. And, you know, from 2020 when the when the Inter-Miami inaugural season happens now, even something like the supporters section, the standing room only, has gone up 104%. And uh, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, compared to Premier League, where you do have these top, top, you know, players of the world in it, MLS is, is way more expensive. And it makes you kind of question why, since qualitative, you know, comparisons, it's obviously not nearly as good as the Premier League. And so you're seeing regular people kind of get priced out of it. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of different reports that came out from different various news sources. And basically the consensus was that Inter-Miami have made the decision that they would rather have uh, sort of affluent, high-quality people spend a lot of money on the tickets to see Messi even if it means having empty seats in other parts of the stadium to pay for it. And obviously that doesn't make us all very happy. That's that kind of sucks. And what's going to happen with it. I don't really know, but it's a trend in MLS in general. I mean, DC United, for example, which has been a team that has not performed well really in years has I think what is it like the second highest ticket prices season ticket prices in the in the mm-hmm. league and it, you know it makes you question why that's kind of you know comparing Europe to the United States the United States is greedy <laughs> if we're gonna be yeah. honest with you like owners are greedy that's why sports teams it's just like a different landscape but yeah I mean to be honest, I think a little bit of an increase in price was fair enough. Like I said, fifty million. You're seeing Messi; you're, he's getting a fifty million dollars salary. There's only seventeen games in the season, and our stadium only fits what is it like seventeen thousand, eighteen thousand? It's a small stadium comparatively to even Premier League or MLS leagues that have you know uh, stadiums with fifty thousand to seventy thousand t- uh, seats. So. There's there's reason when it's supply and demand for prices to go up a little bit, but yeah, it's it's tough. Ashley, does it seem like they're trying to squeeze more out of less? So where they maybe don't mind losing twenty five to thirty percent of season ticket holders, knowing that they're still going to make their money and maybe more by raising the prices on those that do renew. And have and as well as the new season ticket holders, and then knowing that obviously they can control prices better on the remaining tickets, knowing that they can hike those prices up um, on tickets that are sold directly from the club to non-season ticket holders. I it seems like maybe the the way they've calculated is they think that they can make even more money um, losing maybe some season ticket holders. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think that's. A little bit of the strategy and I and it's really unfortunate because you know as far as I'm concerned inter Miami the front office and the infrastructure obviously they've done the biggest feat of all which is that they got Lionel Messi the greatest 
soccer player of all time to play for their team. And that's obviously amazing. And it's been fantastic for fans in South Florida and in America, really getting the chance to see Messi. And it helps Miami. It helps the community in a lot of great ways. But they are they're being very, you know, greedy, if we're being completely honest, when you don't have an infrastructure, a stadium, all of the, you know, even club communications that are just not up to par with the amount of money you're trying to charge for people to see. And, you know, soccer is the world's sport, right? It's it's meant for people of all uh kind of like economic zones and social status to be able to enjoy. That's why you have supporter sections and that's why you have field seats, right? You're supposed to be able to have every single soccer fan be able to enjoy the product. And I think that they're going to see, you know, Messi obviously is only going to be here for a couple of years um, because of his age and he's going to eventually retire. I would imagine within the next, you know, two to four years, let's just say, conservatively and um you know they're 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 not treating the fans well for being completely honest and it's and I'm obviously a huge fan and I am someone who is a season ticket holder I'm going to continue to be a season ticket holder but it's tough it's a tough look especially after the game on Wednesday after the you know the team has struggled over the years with their infrastructure and just putting out stuff that doesn't necessarily match up with what they provide as a organization. And you're, we're going to see over the years, like, are they going to lose all of these fans after Messi leaves because they're not treating them right? Are they going to improve how they treat the fans? Is it going to be something that's like the NFL or, you know, other premier leagues where it's pricing out, you know, your individuals, it's, it's something we're going to have to just kind of wait and see, but it's, the, the uproar that they've gotten from this season ticket price is well-deserved and the kind of, you know, pressure they're being put under, it's well-deserved. I don't know if it's going to make a difference at this point, uh, but MLS in general is going to have to fix something because they're going they're not going to, you know, the, they need fans right now. They need fans to grow the league. They need fans to be interested for all of the teams and all of the infrastructure of the league and getting new talent and, you're not going to see talent come and play in empty stadiums. So. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's interesting too that you know yeah they're putting out a good product on the field, but I think it goes beyond just the, pro- the just the product on the field. But as you mentioned many times, the infrastructure um, does that stadium does the amenities do the benefits does all of that also amount to the new pricing that they're asking of season t- season ticket holders? And I I think that. The general consensus is no. No, for Inter Miami Stadium, of course not. Yeah, no. Stadium is is a you know, it's an old stadium that was used for something completely different. Yeah. And as much as I love going to it because I love the intimate environment and that it's really fun that we get to see Messi in such a small area. Of course not. It's a terrible stadium. Like we can we can call a spade a spade. It's not. It's there's no obviously air conditioning. There's the the food stands there's the bathrooms everything it's lesser quality than most other professional stadiums in the league and in the world and um yeah it doesn't even come close to matching what they're charging yeah so i think that that's something that's going to um be 
tough for the club to navigate moving forward just because I think that they're going to lose some fans, but or not fans, rather, some uh, season ticket holders. But once you put these type of prices, what does that mean for the future as well? And and what you decide to do with pricing once Messi's gone and, and he's no longer here, once you have a new stadium, like, do you go back and, and retroact or retroactively bring down your prices? Do you, do you stick around with the same pricing? Does it go higher when you have the new stadium? It's just, I, I think that because of the fact that they did such a, such a big increase rather than gradually, that's going to present even bigger problems, maybe two, three years from now. And, um, it just stinks for a lot of fans. I feel bad for them because it also depends what type of tickets you had, how bad that hurt you. While while an increase is going to bother everybody, I think some increases are more manageable than others. If you had a, a, a ticket package that maybe was a bit less on the lower end of the ticket packages, maybe you saw an increase of two, three, four hundred dollars where that season ticket holder might be able to manage it. Not saying it's easy, but it's more manageable than maybe somebody that had some of the higher end tickets and saw an increase of two, three, four, five, six thousand dollars. That's a lot more difficult or it could be for them a lot more difficult to manage. So um, yeah. some people some people will make the sacrifice to be able to renew. Some people it's just completely out of uh, the question for them financially to be able to to renew at that new new price. So I think something unfortunate, but, uh, you know, it, it's something that we'll see how, how the, the team handles it uh, moving forward. Yeah, exactly, forward. How, how the club reacts and how yeah. they yeah. – Because, like, for example, for the new stadium, um, you know, you could understand that prices go up significantly because they're paying over a billion dollars for a stadium. Like, that's part yeah. of how the world works for anyone. But, you know – like for me, for example, without obviously getting in too much specifics, my season ticket price just under doubled, just a little bit under doubled. And um, it's honestly better than what we were expecting because we thought it was going to like quadruple. And for some people, it obviously did. But, you know, like I said earlier, you're going to see an increase of price because you have the best footballer of all time. And he's, yeah. like I said, he has a salary of $50 million. Like there's, it has to be paid for, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's understandable, but to do it in this way and just, and when it's, when yes, the on the field product has significantly improved the infrastructure, the stadium, the club communications, the benefits have not at all. And so you're asking a lot of, fans who have been there from day one and who supported this club when it wasn't popular to do so when there wasn't as much of an on the field uh success and and it's you know it's it'll be it, it'll be what it'll be right yeah yeah it's it's a difficult situation i think for for everyone to manage both from the the fan perspective the season season ticket holder perspective but also from the club how how did they go about making sure that they're able to pay their expenses with a, a new team that is obviously has a, a much higher salary, but at the same time, how do you balance that with, um, with making sure you take care of your season ticket holders? So I'm sure that there are opinions all across the board on that. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and move into tomorrow's game and how that kind of plays into the whole playoff picture. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of must win games. Is this a must win? Is this not a must win? So before we, 
talk about is this a must win let's look at the table and see how we're doing in the playoffs so right now we are facing new york city who is currently in ninth place with 37 points um and miami is 14th in the table with 32 points so they are five points behind the final playoff wild card spot that new york city holds um, five points behind in 14th place, which is just insane, the parity that there is in this league, to think that with between three to five games, depending on, on what team, that the 14th place team still has an opportunity to make the playoffs. So, um, again, five points behind, ninth place, New York City. And what's interesting to see here is that basically each team holds their own future in their hands at this point. If New York City wins their last three games with one of those games being today against Miami, they make the playoffs. If Inter-Miami, who has five games left, wins out those five games, they make the playoffs. So that's a really interesting situation where each team right now holds their future in their hands. No team in between them. So Charlotte, Chicago, New York, or D.C. United, none of those teams in between New York City and Miami have the opportunity to win out and make and, and take the final playoff spot. It's just basically between New York City and Inter Miami. And I'll explain why. If New York City wins out, again, they have 37 points right now. They have nine points left to battle. If they win those nine points, they end up with 40, let's see, 37 plus nine, 46. Now, if New York City wins tomorrow, Miami would then have 5, 15. They'd have, only have 12 points. Right now they have 15 because they're going against New York City. But if New, if they lose against New York City today, they'd only have 12 points left. What's 32 plus 12? 44 compared to New York City's 46 if they went out. So basically, if Inter-Miami loses today, it's no longer in their hands. They'd be right. dependent on New York City losing at least one of their final two games after tonight, and then Miami would have to win out on the last four games, which includes a game against Cincinnati, which is first place in the East. So based off of that, is this a must win, Ashley? Well, not only is it a must win, it's a can't lose. It's both. Yeah. It's a, you know, it, it's important for a lot of reasons. Like we said on Wednesday, we just saw a game that was just – a complete battery draining and, and uh, lack of effort, all of those things, you know, we go back and forth about exactly what happened, this and the other, but yeah, so it, it's incredibly important and they have, they have a lot to do. I think it would make everyone feel better if you just saw a stronger product on the field. And like we said, we control our own destiny. So it, it's in it's a it's a must win it's a home game you're gonna still have la familia there and uh we we don't know who's gonna play tonight obviously we know no jordi alba but messi is he gonna play is he gonna come off the bench what's the deal with him lots of lots of uh twists and turns ahead yeah yeah so i i i think it's definitely a, a must win if you want to continue to have basically the playoff chances solely dependent on what you do as a Miami team. Because if you do not win tonight, 
it no longer depends on you. You depend on someone else. You depend on New York City. You depend on possibly DC United. Um, so to me, again, a must win. So I, I want to talk about kind of what New York City has looked like uh, leading up into this game. So um, New York City has posted three successful uh, MLS clean sheets. So they've only conceded one goal over their recent five uh, game homestand. So uh, that's something to keep in mind where they've done well at home. They actually haven't done so well away from home. So that's going to play off into, I believe, uh, no benefit. Yeah, there's going to be a benefit for us that they've done well at home, but they not necessarily have not played very well away. They have only uh, won a game away from home once in this 2023 season, which was a 1-0 win against Montreal. So they don't typically win away from home. They've let a lot of second-half um, leads, uh, three actually, uh, kind of go to waste and away game. So they're not good at closing games either away from home. And they've actually failed to find the back of the net in six road contests this season. And uh, they've only scored multiple times away from home on two occasions in 2023. So not a good away team. So again, that is a benefit for Miami uh, looking forward um, to tomorrow's game. One thing I think now for Miami on Miami side is, okay, we're finally out of the, the League's Cup, which was great for us. We finally finished the U.S. Open Cup. Unfortunately, not the result we wanted, but Miami can now focus squarely on the playoffs. There's no more of the background noise, worrying about another competition. We've got five games left. That's all we've got to focus on right now is the MLS playoff race. Now, we have not lost an MLS home game since Tata took charge. So that's important to know as well. We've won our last two um, MLS games here at DRV Pink Stadium. And we've only conceded in one of them, uh, of one of our three previous games here at um, DRV Pink Stadium. So that's good to note as well that we've protected home field and we've been able to pretty much on the defensive end play well other than, you know, obviously the U.S. Open Cup final. We've played very well at home on the defensive end, not allowing many goals since Tata arrived here. So those are some things to kind of take note as we go into tonight's game. Um, you were talking about, obviously, Alba not playing. So I think that that's what seems most likely is Alba not playing, we heard that he seems to really have uh, an injury that I don't know how serious, but it's serious enough to, it seems like he's not going to be playing a, a few games uh, at least. But now Messi, I think, is the biggest concern for us because we've heard multiple reports um, where, on, I think on different ends of the spectrum, where sometimes it was, it's not serious, you know, he just needed some rest, it was fatigue on another Side, we heard that it was a an old injury that was a reoccurring injury and it would flare up every now and then. And we heard that he has a hamstring injury. So I think we've been all over the place with that. And I think that that's one of the things that also affected the team in the U.S. Open Cup final, not knowing if Messi was going to play or not and basically finding out that he wasn't going to play, it seems like a couple of hours before a game started or even an hour before a game started when the lineup came out. And I think that that was a big blow for the team mentally 
and um, emotionally knowing, well, not knowing leading up to the game and then finally finding out, hey, Messi's not going to be on the field with us. I think that that was tough for them. Um, and one of the factors to why they played so poorly, obviously there were other things. So I don't know, Ashley, what are you, how are you feeling about this whole Messi thing? Uh, do you think he's going to play tomorrow? Do you think uh, do you think he might miss a few more games, knowing that this seems to be a bit more serious than it was? And how important is it for, I guess, Inter Miami and tonight? I mean, knowing or not knowing if Messi's going to play, like, what what does this all look like to you ahead of tonight's game? Yeah, I uh, I think he's going to play tonight. Believe it or not, I know that's yeah. like a crazy thing to say. I think he's going to play tonight. I um. I don't know if he's going to start. I guess he probably isn't, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play tonight. I don't know. Again, if it, it was only like a three-day difference in his availability, I still am not 100% sure why he didn't play on Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I think he's going to play. I agree that, you know, apparently within the own, the team themselves, they, they did not handle – the injury well in terms of just communicating it with the other players because you could see from minute one on the in the game on Wednesday that they were disorganized and unprepared, like woefully unprepared for the game. And and that yeah. like I said, we we went through it in depth, but not only the players, but the coaching staff, they just didn't prepare the team well. I don't think that mistake is going to happen again tonight. I think that we are for sure going to see a back five, <laughs> even though Austin's not here. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually agree. I agree. Yeah. We're going to see a back five. Um, Messi is probably not going to start, but like I said, I I think he's going to play. Well, you, you don't know until you know, but I think he's going to play, and I think the team is just going to be a lot more organized and ready to to you know put up a performance where they hopefully are going to continue pushing in the playoff race because. There's a lot of uh, a lot of sour air right now around Inter Miami and just the handling of everything, and you know from ticket from ticket prices to messy new like you know honesty about his injuries and what team's been withholding the infrastructure all of those things. There's just been a lot of uh, you know bad energy kind of in the air over the last couple of weeks, and so. I think that they're going to really try and right the ship tonight in a couple of different ways. Yeah, I, I think that the uncertainty has, has kind of affected all aspects of the club, as you said, from the from the team to the even the fans. You know, we can always depend on on the supporters section; they're always going to bring it. But is the rest of the stadium going to bring it? And I think that if, just looking at the pricing, you know, Ethan. Uh, was talking to us yesterday in the chat about it. He was looking at prices, and then I followed up and looked at them as well. I, I've never seen prices this low. I, I, we were seeing tickets, including fees, at about the cheapest ticket that I saw yesterday was about forty something dollars, including including fees. So I think that the uncertainty has even hit the fans. Uh, they don't know if Messi's going to play, and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, there are fans that are, I, I, I guess that that's a big decision in them, for them, or, or plays into their decision as to whether they're going to go to the game or not. But uh, I just hope that the, I just hope that everybody shows up tonight. I, I hope that the stadium, the fans are ready to support their team, despite 
whether Messi starts, doesn't start, doesn't play, I, I don't think that that should matter. I think that every you know, those that are there should go to enjoy soccer, enjoy our team, and support them in what is a playoff push that is still very much alive. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, it's really crazy. I know this is like it sounds maybe like an exaggeration, but I was at the game on Wednesday, and I swear to you, Gian, from minute one. It felt terrible, like the energy in the stadium, not because and it wasn't no fans fault, but the energy around the team, around everything. It didn't feel good from minute one. It just, Is it the uncertainty? Is that what it is? Like, do you think it would have been different if, if everybody would have known what to expect, like from the start? Probably. Or, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, that you know, everyone, we, we were all arriving at the stadium, me and Austin, we're going to see each other. And, and then we get, you know, a text from you and, and tweets yeah. saying Messi's not not on the bus. He's not on the team sheet. And we're like, what? And so, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not like it's, you know, Messi, like you just said, he's not the only reason why we 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 want to support and watch Inter Miami. But this is a final. People paid a lot of money to go to it. It's been something that we've been looking forward to for weeks. And just you felt that not only in the stadium but on the field, it felt like Inter-Miami, the players had no idea what they were supposed to do or that this was a final, that nothing like that. And so, yeah, it was just the energy and the atmosphere from minute one was definitely off. I think tonight it's going to be different because the expectations are different. And, you know, whether he plays or not, just – I think you're going to feel a different, better energy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I certainly hope so. Um, uh, it's an important game. It's a really important game. It's a must-win game. And one of the things that the team is going to thrive on is on the energy of the stadium. You want to make sure that when you're playing home, you, you actually have that home field advantage. So not only knowing and being familiar with the, the, the field and – the dimensions of the field and all that sort of stuff, but also feeling, I think, the warmth and the love and the support of the fans is really important for a team when when playing. So I really hope that tonight that that's something that they feel despite of who's on the field. Um, yeah. But I, I want to, I guess, get into the actual game. And one of the things that I was looking at, you know, leading up to, to kind of figure out what Miami has to do against this New York side. One of the things I noticed when going back through some games is that Miami typically struggles against the 4-2-3-1 lineup. Um, and that's a lineup that New York City uses. Um, so, you know, four in the back and two defensive midfielders. Houston used it against us uh, with Herrera and Arti as the as a two in the back. Orlando used it with Araujo and Cartagena. Atlanta used it against us uh, with Mayumba and Rosetta. And in those games, those are all games where we lost except for the tie against Orlando. And there were games where we basically struggled on the offensive end. We struggled to score. 
those are also, you know, I, I can't be withheld that obviously those are also games without Messi. But those are games where we really, really struggled offensively because what those lineups tend to do is really clog up the middle of the field. Right. And what is the way that you counteract when the middle of the field is uh, so tight and so clogged, you tend to open up the game. And when you don't have Messi, it's tough to open up the game. When you don't have Alba, which in some of those we didn't have Alba, it's tough to open up the field. And because we've played without Messi, I think also we haven't been able to take advantage as much of Facundo Farias on the wing. He's had to play a different role. So again, those are, it was tough for us to counteract that with no, not much play on the wing and trying to force the middle. And I'm just kind of uh, trying to figure out what is Miami going to do tonight, especially if Messi either doesn't play at all or doesn't start and maybe sees the maybe sees uh, time in the second half. What, how is Miami going to do that? Especially because of what you mentioned, and I, I agree, I think Miami's going to start possibly with five in the back. Um, how are, which if they start with five in the back, we're probably going to see Campana and, and Farias also, you know, we're not going to have that much play on the wings, it seems. Um, so how does Miami kind of counteract that? I don't know. I, I kind of find it, find it difficult uh, for them. I think that that, that would, that for me would probably be the most significant uh, hurdle for Miami if Messi doesn't, doesn't play. Um, so I don't know. What, what do you think? Is there anything that you think that, Miami should focus on um, against New York City tonight, whether it's something that directly relates to New York City or maybe it's something that you saw Miami not do well against Houston, not do well against Orlando, or maybe even the last few games that you're like, Miami needs to make sure that they get their act together in this certain area or, or these certain areas to make sure that they do well against New York City. Yeah, I I agree I think it's going to be a back five and then in terms of that middle of the pitch I think you're going to see you're going to see a little bit more activity perhaps Mm -hmm. and so to counteract that that clogging in the middle and then you're going to see Farias and Campana at top I think that the five are going to be uh it's going to be Robert Taylor on the left then you're going to have Noah Allen I think you're going to see Aviles in the lineup instead of Kristoff, and you're going to see Miller and then uh, Yedlin, and then my three midfielders. I think it's going to it's going to be Busquets, it's going to be Arroyo, and it's going to be Kramaski. And then up top, you're going to have uh, Campana and Farias. And I think the idea of that is to obviously put the energy and in the wings in terms of uh, Robert Taylor and Yedlin, and then have Kramaski and Busquets try and kind of like level the other three levels of the game uh, of the line. If anything, I could see a situation where instead of Arroyo, you may see Ruiz or instead of Kramaski, you may see Ruiz because of the energy that Ruiz provides. And you may want that when you, like you said, are going to have a packed midfield. You need that energy on kind of both sides of the ball. So uh, that's my expected lineup obviously if Messi you know for some reason starts you know then obviously it will it will shift into I think 
a four three three. But if not, that's that's my expected lineup. Wait, so you, so you think that it will be Noah Allen as a center back instead of Kristoff? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to oh. be on the left. Like I think it's going to be him and Robert Taylor on the left, and you know Robert yeah. Taylor is obviously going to be up and down depending on where where the team is. But yeah. Okay, that that makes sense. So, so one of the things. So I, I saw some of New York's games, uh, the last couple of games, and one of the things that I noticed is that they like, which is which is scary because this is kind of one of the things that has affected Miami the most, is that they like to attack a lot on the right wing, which just so happens to be Noah Allen's wing. And right. they also like to put a lot of numbers on the counter, which is something that Miami has had a lot of difficulty with is dealing with teams that counterattack well and that counterattack with numbers. Uh, we saw that against uh, Houston. We saw that against uh, Atlanta. So that's why I, I agree with you. And I'm sure that Austin would probably have said the same thing. I think he's the biggest proponent of the back line of five. Line of five. I know that he likes that lineup a lot. Um, and I would agree there because Noah Allen needs help on that left wing. Yeah, big time. We noticed that he obviously he's still very young and he's still growing and getting better. But that's something where, man, he was getting killed. And uh, we said this in the post game where Houston was, I think, targeting that side with Noah Allen and making sure to put at least two bodies on that side where they'd put someone between Miller and Noah and then somebody on the other side of Noah and that was just ca causing all types of confusion and it was tough for for Noah Allen to handle I think that that's where I agree that having a back line of five or a, a hybrid line of five where Robert Taylor is on that side to help Noah Allen is going to be very good for Inter Miami and obviously since it's kind of a hybrid where it's all going to be dependent on the flow of the game, depending on how New York City is attacking, on how far back Taylor plays. He'll also be part of the, uh, I guess, of the attacking front because he'll be very much um, involved on the wing. So I think that that's going to be very good in in that sense to, to make sure to fortify that defense. And then also making sure that we do have either Busquets and Araujo not Araujo, uh, Arroyo, sorry, Busquets and Arroyo, or have Busquets and Ruiz, because one of the things that we noticed last game against Houston was that when we had Gomez and Klemaski both in the game, Gomez wasn't part of the defense. He wasn't helping. Yeah, they weren't, the they weren't you know, balancing yeah, each other. They were, exactly. They weren't balanced, and I think that that created a lot of difficulty for the defense as well. So I think that having those two defensive mids in Busquets and, and hopefully Arroyo or someone else is going to help tremendously. So that'll help settle that issue because that was, that was a glaring issue for us that, that last game. It was scary. Anytime that there was a counter, that was just, um, it just a lot of, brought a lot of fear because it, it looked like they were going to score on, on every opportunity. So that's definitely going to help. So I I think I agree with you. Um, the only thing that I would watch out for on that back line is, yeah, you'll, you'll have Taylor and you have Taylor and Yedlin on the on the wings uh, as our wing backs in the middle. I, it's going to be Aviles and Miller for sure. I think the question is, will it be Noah or Kristoff? That that's for me is a question. Then in the middle, it, it's going to be 
Arroyo Busquets, I believe. I think you and me agreed on that. Is it going to be Kremaski or is it going to be um, uh, is it going to be? I think that if you put if you put Ruiz, then I think it's too defensive. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that it's going to be Kremaski or you know who's available actually for tonight's game? Um, Mota. Mota. So yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, he could be in too. So I'm not a, that that could be a possibility. And then definitely. Up front, I don't think there's a question that it's going to be Farias and Campana. That, that for me is going to be like the, the surefire thing, unless Tata wants to throw a curveball and throw in um, Joseph in there. So we'll see about that. But the main question is, is Messi going to play? If he plays, then obviously that'll everything we just talked about will not be the case because that goes to a 4-3-3, like you said, uh, which is a much more, uh, I think, pleasing lineup uh offensively and at least for me who's who's kind of a fan for that but actually you mentioned it before on our i think on our post game you can't do a 4-3-3 without messi is what we've kind of learned right. 100%. yeah yeah it, it doesn't work um for now so um let's see where we're at here we've talked a lot so uh we didn't i think the plan before wasn't to make this so long especially you know we wanted to get this out to you guys asap because uh, again we had a scheduling conflict we weren't able to get this out earlier so i, I think we'll kind of wrap it up pretty soon but before we do wrap it up i kind of uh, want to bring attention to one of our sponsors so let's uh hear from la Guasura really quickly if you are ready to transform your backyard into a haven of relaxation and luxury, look no further than our amazing podcast sponsor, Lacqua Azura Pool Services. With over 20 years of industry experience, Lacqua Azura is a name you can trust when it comes to services, equipment repairs, and restoration for all things pools. If you're looking in the South Florida area for your pool to be serviced on a month-to-month -month basis, Lacqua Azura posts an impressive five-star rating on Google reviews, and it's a testament to their dedication to the customer satisfaction and top-notch service. Also, if you mention Messi & Co., you will get your first month of pool service absolutely free. So don't wait. For pool service, patio renovation, or more, call them now at 954-793-7206 and get a free quote for any project. Thanks, Lacqua Azura. Okay, so that was our sponsor, La Guasura. We want to thank them for being a loyal sponsor. And then lastly, just want to talk about really quickly our other sponsor, which is our newest sponsor, Simplify. Simplify is an IT uh, professional management service that will manage all of your IT needs for your small business in Broward County and I believe South Florida as a whole. And they work on system infrastructure, data, daily procedures, uh, provide great technical service. They're here to answer your questions. They'll, they'll, they'll manage everything that you need to make sure that your business has their IT, uh, just making sure it's working, making sure everything is functioning. So that, that way you can actually just depend on uh, making sure your business is thriving and not having to worry about all the small things like security, performance, reliability for everything IT related. So reach out to Simplify. It's S-I-M-P-L-I-T-F-Y dot com. And their phone number, which I will get for you right now, is 1-888-294-2083. Again, Simplify Management IT Services, 1-888-294-2083. So with that, what do you think will be the final score of this game? What do you think this game plays out? Do you think it'll be a tight game? Do you open game? Do you think it's a, 
Miami is going to struggle. What are your thoughts on how this game plays out and how do you think the score ends up being? Yeah, this is a tough game to read, in my opinion, because you're seeing like a lot of highs and lows in terms of performances from both clubs. And so you just don't know, especially after Wednesday and recent form, how each team is going to kind of play out. I uh, This is an, obviously an inner Miami podcast and I'm an inner Miami fan. And so my prediction for the score is going to be two to one inter Miami getting the victory. It's a, uh, it's going to be a tight game in the beginning, and then I think in the second half it's going to open up a little bit. But, yeah, it's a tough game to read. I'm just hoping that we've regrouped, we we have a strong tactical plan, and uh, we're ready to put our best foot forward to get into this playoff, Chase. I like it. I like that prediction. I think that it is going to be – I think it will be a tough game if Messi doesn't play. That's what I yeah. think. I think if Messi doesn't play, I think it will be – uh, a tough game, uh, especially because it's been tough without Messi. Just seeing how the team has, has played without Messi, I think they've, they've struggled a bit. I think mentally, emotionally, I think it'll be a tough game for the players knowing that, you know, they that this is a must-win game. I think that we're going to see their mental fortitude and see what it's made up of today. If they can rebound from a really tough loss in a final and uh, possibly not playing with their star player, who they depend on so much, playing without their defense. I think their defensive anchor in in Alba. So I think we'll really see what the, tonight's team is made of. Um, and I think again, if Messi doesn't play, I think it'll be I think it'll be tight. But I think that Inter Miami has enough to make sure that they can come out with a win. And it's all dependent also on the crowd. Hopefully, the crowd comes out tonight. Uh, and is able to support our team and, and make themselves be heard and loud and and really be there for for the team. So I think it'll be I think it'll be two one. I'm gonna agree with you. Actually, I think it'll be a two one game. I think that the defense will, will do a lot better tonight. I think that the offense should click a little better if uh as long as that midfield is kind of uh rearranged i think i think the offense will definitely um do better because of that so i'm gonna go 2-1 and i think miami is uh poised or, or ready to move ahead and get hopefully get into the into the finals and, and make that not final sorry into the playoffs and make that push just like our miami marlins are doing they've done so well so i'm hoping they're they, they they're not giving up on making that wild card and it's funny that inter miami is in the same position and i i hope that they do the same thing they're, they're not going to give up i think they're a resilient team and they'll make sure that they get over all the adversity and, and the tough things that have happened to them over the last few games so with that uh any parting words ashley before we end it no it's been a long tough week <laughs> as an inter miami <laughs> fan and you know i'm just hoping that we have a good result tonight we're moving yeah. forward in the right direction. We have an exciting playoff chase ahead of us, and I'm rooting for the guys. Yep, same here, same here. Rooting for our team, always will. Um, no matter what happens, no matter the result, we're always here for our team. So uh, with that, just want to let you all know that we will do a post game tonight, so make sure that you guys are on the Five Reasons YouTube. We typically start that within a few minutes. 
of the game ending. And until we actually get on, you guys are able to get in there and start chatting so you can talk about the game, how you feel, leave questions if you guys want us to answer them before we get on. So catch uh, catch us here tonight after the game. And then this pod will be up soon, so you guys can catch that as well. Make sure you like uh, the, the pod. Make sure that you follow us. And uh, we will bring you a lot more coverage for what's left of the playoff push. So with that, we appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one. See ya. See ya. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.